I talk with the super talented actor, producer, Ethan Embry. You may know him from The Devil's Candy, The Walking Dead, Masters of Horror, and so much more. I had a killer time talking with Ethan, and I hope you dig this episode. After you're done with this episode, make sure you check out my fellow horsemen of the podcast Apocalypse, Everything Went Black podcast, Into the Necrosphere, The Necromaniacs podcast, Break the Apocalypse, Idless Manifestations, and the Soul Knox podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and um, I really hope you dig this episode, uh, especially if you're a 90s kid. Uh, I think you're really going to dig this one. So thanks so much and take care. Where are you? Where are you located? <clears throat> I am all the way in South Carolina. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Neighbors. Where are you located Typically. at? Now? Uh, I live in Atlanta. Uh, I'm in it. I'm in Los Angeles right now. visiting family and all that, but I'm a Georgia boy currently. <laughs> That's cool. Were you born there or like? No, I mean, so when can I actually call myself a Georgia boy? Because I've been living there now five years. Mm-hmm. And it is Atlanta, which isn't really Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm getting the hang of it. It's, That's uh, cool. I like the changes. That's know? good. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles, born and raised here, and, you know, I've traveled around a lot for work, but uh, I've never lived in another city. Right. Um, so Atlanta's the first time I've picked up camp and changed the home, but I really, I really like it, man. That's cool, um, man. I've, I've been in the South yeah. all my life, so... <laughs> I'm, only thing I don't like about living down in the south is the weather. The humidity sucks, and you never really get used to it. Yeah, you're not gonna. You kind of just gotta accept it, you know. Um, yeah, dude, and it sucks for dudes with long hair, man. <laughs> my hair is like past <laughs> my butt, and I work outside. I'm a landscaper on my day job or whatever and stuff. And uh, dude, that humidity is a is a beast. <laughs> it is. I uh, the first time. I realized how serious it was. I uh, I went outside to do a little uh, yard work also at like one o'clock. It was about 90 degrees and 15, 20 minutes into it, I started getting so dizzy from the heat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I learned very quickly how much water you have to put into your system to be able to sustain being outdoors in the South in the summer. Yes. Yeah, a ton of water, yeah. man. I, I, I drink about two gallons a day, probably roughly, especially in the summertime. You have to, mm-hmm. cause you're losing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Have you placed, yeah. have you hit, uh, have you hit record yet? Yeah, I'm recording, but I edit yes. and all that stuff too. So always press record. Yeah. Uh, you know, one time I was like uh, 30 minutes into an interview and I forgot to press record and we had to fucking <laughs> go back and do it over again. I felt like I felt like shit. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I prefer the start recording at the top myself. Yeah, so, I've been doing that for yeah, we, a while we, now. Uh, where, where in South Carolina are you? Um, I'm out of the uh, Charleston area. South Carolina. Charleston. Sweet. Cool. 
Um, I was just up in Charlotte, uh, which I guess is right there on the border of the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, man. I, uh, Charlotte itself is a really boring city. Um, unless I just didn't find where the action of Charlotte is, it's, uh, it's a little too tame for my blood, mm-hmm. you know, um, but the surrounding communities, um, I had two weekends off up there and I went and tooled around the, the surrounding little small towns, like with, um, uh, like built on a train station, you know, they either were rebuilt right after the civil war or they had been there prior to it. Mm-hmm. Old Americana. And that I really loved. And it's funny. You see the difference between those little communities and the ones in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And they're so close to each other, you know, it's right there, but you can, there's cultural differences still. It's really interesting the way the South is like that. Oh yeah. There definitely is a difference between like Charlotte, Georgia, even, um, you know, um, in Charleston and stuff, there's a big difference. And, uh, with Charlotte, man, like, uh, Charlotte is kind of, kind of dull, I guess. Um, I played there a few times in my, back when I was doing my band stuff and everything. And, you know, it's not a very metal town, I guess, you know, Charlotte's kind of like, "Eh," no, no, no. (laughs) It has the edge of a fucking cue ball. Um, it's very homogenized and man, if you like that, you know, if, if you're, if you're looking for a really easy, mellow city, it's probably great for you. If you got a corporate job and a couple of kids, awesome. But that's one of the things I love about Atlanta is, you know, Los Angeles lost its edge 10 years ago mm-hmm. when I was growing up here. In the nineties, it was a, it was a wild place to live, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, it's become so expensive now that it doesn't really have an edge. There's a, there's a problem with poverty and people that are unhoused, but that's not an edge. That's just a, that's, that's an economic issue of the city, mm-hmm. but you've got got to make a million dollars a year to be able to support yourself here and it's kind of chased all a lot of the artists creatives and you know chased a lot of people out of the city um but atlanta has has an edge still it feels like a city and i really like living there You'll get a you'll get a lot of good bands through Atlanta too, like a lot of good shows down there, especially like the Masquerade and everything. Yep, great place to see a show. Um, we just uh, we went to Shaky Knees, which is a killer festival. That was mm-hmm. a lot of fun, and then uh, we saw Failure. They came through. Um, do you ever get into Failure? Um, not I know the name and stuff, but no, I haven't really got into them. They're a uh, they're an L.A. band from the 90s. Uh, had like moderate success with their first two or three albums and they broke up and uh, 
went their separate ways and the uh the bass player i think ken andrews became an engineer for like he did he engineered on tool albums and perfect circle albums and Mm. created the sound of a lot of bands that we all love now but they recently got back together and wrote another two albums highly recommend them Okay, I'm gonna add that uh, to my list because I like I said I know the name, especially from like back in the day and stuff. I just I can't recall any music from the top of my head. So one of their songs may like uh God, what was their big biggest album? Um my mind is drawing a blank at the moment. The one with the frog on it. Um you may know some of those songs just out of recognition, but yeah, they just came through Atlanta. You're right good music comes through atlanta i yeah, enjoy that, it yeah um i we went to to the la- one of the last shows they had at the old masquerade because they had like right now the masquerade that's there is like the new masquerade different building and stuff and the one before that was like every fucking band came through there like i got to see uh neurosis play with uh wake and uh I think Primate was playing too on that show, but it was like one of the best fucking shows I've ever been to. Seeing Neurosis that up close and personal at the Masquerade, fucking amazing. The heavy stuff seems to go like the underground. Uh, there's that little complex of stages in downtown. Um, I think that's the name of it, the underground. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, it's like a little collection. There's like four stages. We just went and saw Guar play. Oh sweet. Yeah. Um and it's they they have quite a few of the heavier flavors that come through that spot. Um I mean that is, I think that is the masquerade, right? It should be because the masquerade I, I gets all the big the heavy masquerade. shows. It probably yeah, is, that yeah. Is, that is the masquerade. There's, yeah, that is. I'm confusing in my mind the masquerade and the tabernacle. Oh, okay. Uh Tabernacle is that old theater also downtown. We just saw um Metric uh which is uh female fronted, I think Canadian. And I also think they started in the 90s too. I think they've been together for multiple decades, but they just played That's the Tabernacle. Masquerade is the one that's it's an old mall in the middle of Atlanta mm-hmm. called the Underground, and they've—it's either three or four stages that they have, um, and that's where I saw Failure. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have all the great music all around you, man. I think Tool's about to be on, going tour again. I'm pretty sure they're going to be going through Atlanta, so have to get my. Uh, have to get my black boots out and go to a tool show. I haven't seen them in at least 10 years. Yeah. I've probably seen them live more than any other band. Like a tie between them and the Deftones. Oh man, dude, I love the Deftones. Also love Tool. Deftones hold hold like a a special place in my heart. I got into them when I was in was like a freshman in high school and stuff, man, and it just got yeah. me at the right time and like White Pony came out and I was like, "Holy uh-huh. shit, man." Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> How old are you? I'm about to be 38 next week. So I've got seven years on you. Um, 
so my intro to the Deftones was the round the fur. That uh, that kick pattern at the front of that, I can, I hear that, and I'm immediately 16 again. You know, that's what I love about the Deftones, man. When I put on White Pony and stuff, dude, it just takes me back, and it still yep. holds up so well today. Like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and their new shit's fantastic too. I can't remember the the name of it, but the one with the seagulls or the pink flamingos or whatever it is on the cover. Um, oh yeah, I'm about to look it up now on uh, Spotify. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, their new stuff definitely holds up. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, their newest one was um, I'm trying to find it here. It was uh, Ohms, I think, was their newest one. It was the ones. Oh. It was the one with the eyes on the cover. The one before that had the uh, flamingos, and that was called Gore. Gore. Yeah. The great like when a band can still hold. their recognizable sound, the thing that draws you to them to begin with, but bring a new flavor of a new album into it. So it's still recognizable. It still has the core elements that make them their sound, Mm -hmm. but then bring in new material, bring in new hooks, bring in new beats, new lyrics, new drops. It was like a whole new ride in the familiarity of that band. Like they're one of those that has consistently done that so well. Failure does that too. That's one of the things I love about failure. It's familiar and new at the same time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely get that. Being that I'm not familiar with uh, failure yet, but I will be after you know this episode. Definitely gonna check them out. But um, yeah, with Deftones, man, like. I don't think there's a bad album. I mean, there's some albums I don't like less than other ones, but overall, they don't really put out bad albums, you know? They really don't. Even when they went a little experimental with the... um, It's the one that's... It's like uh, I close my eyes and I can picture the blue and the red and there's a skull. And they they relied a little more on electronic beats. And oh, that that was their self-titled one. That uh, I think is a self-titled Deftones. That's the one that had Minerva Deftones. on it, I believe. Yeah, it's yeah. got Minerva on it. So yeah, it's like yeah. it's totally different. They're kind of making a departure, but it's got fucking Minerva on it. Like, what mm-hmm. album with Minerva on it is not going to be incredible? Yeah, I remember seeing a video from them on MTV back in the day when they played music videos. This is the one when they're all in the desert, just fucking playing their um, instruments and shit, and it's, it's dark, and there's this fucking... It's just them in the desert, but it's so fucking good. Yep. Yep. That was yep. back in the day. <laughs> what do you play? Um, I'm a guitar player, and I also do vocals, but uh, my the vocals I do are harsh, like nasty stuff, you know, so I wouldn't consider them like singing or anything like that, but... <laughs> yeah, you're a vocalist. Yeah. Not everybody can do that for 45 minutes. Hell, you're right, dude. It's, uh, especially when you're out on tour and stuff, man, like uh, trying not to lose your voice when you do those type of vocals. It's, it takes practice, you know? You, how much do you rely on the power of the microphone? Like... Uh, it I matters. It matters, man. Like you want to have a good microphone that picks up shit well. You know, I used a condenser mic for vocals and stuff because I got more punch out of those. You know, especially for like 
I do a lot of uh, the higher end kind of like screaming type shit, like kind of black metal-y type stuff, you know, when that one really picked it up really well where I didn't have to strain my voice too bad. Right. You're not having to project too much. You're able to rely on the volume of the system and the sensitivity of the mic. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're competing with the level of the drums. But yeah, yeah. like what human voice can do that for an hour every other night? you know yeah None. you definitely have to have a, a good mic man that you know because that's that's your instrument especially if you're just a vocalist only man you better have a fucking decent mic <laughs> yep 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 you're I've uh, never been you play everything before. don't you i play yeah i play guitar i mean i i can play a bass i would not call myself a bassist because when i pick up a bass i play uh guitar progressions i can't hmm. I've never been able to pick up a bass and write a bass line and go like, oh, that's a bass line. They they sound like guitar, like very fast guitar progressions, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say I'm a guitarist, really. Um, that's guitar is definitely my instrument. Out of respect for bass players, I will not say that I'm a bassist. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been playing? I started started first first instrument was a bass that I think I got when I was fourteen, maybe. And then I got a drum kit, and I'm not a drummer either. I would never call myself a drummer. Um and uh I think I got my first guitar when I was sixteen. And I'll go through periods where I don't play. And then I'll go through periods where I'm playing numerous hours a day. Um, I'm unfortunately in one of the don't play periods. Right. It's been about a year. Um, and I love it. It's just when I start doing it, it is all consuming, you know? Yeah, right. No, I totally get that. I think I started off at the same age you did, around 16 or so. 15 or 16 is when I started playing guitar. So, what are you lead or rhythm? What do you play? Um, I'm more of a like in the band situation. I did a little like leads weren't really a thing. Like uh, I was mostly rhythm and stuff because we were like a uh, yeah. doom doom sludgy type band. So we yeah. didn't do a bunch of crazy leads. It's all this fucking like heavy rhythm. So I'm more Great. of a rhythm guy. Great. That's where I would lean myself too like i don't play i've played a few solos i've written a few solos i can't jam out a solo but i uh i fall into a more very musical lead i think you know mm -hmm. uh johnny greenwood the radiohead guy uh has been a of my inspiration lately like i've been really fucking addicted to pedals oh dude uh, i got a ton of fucking pedals <laughs> so addicting yeah yeah i fell into the hole of the have you ever messed with the eventide h9 um i have not but i've heard of it dude so it's like you know fractals you know mm -hmm. yeah fractals you can it's all the sounds and you can make any connect any 
combination of things and you can build out your pedal chain right uh h9 has all the capabilities that fractal has but each pedal does one thing at once Mm. so it's a it's the master computer and you know you can control it via app and all that but like if you want fuzz tremolo delay reverb cab uh preamp you know each you've got to get one to do each sound mm-hmm. um, so i found three of them is the master like that gives me all that i need it is three of those a fuzz like a standalone fuzz mm-hmm. um and it's just those fucking things are insane they're insane yeah just black holes where you're sitting there and I have that Strymon. Um, it's the, their cabinet simulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I go in mono with my guitar and then stereo out to the H9s and just sitting there in between my amps and just, it's just ridiculous. It's so much fun. It's so meditative too, man. We're just sitting there fucking, you know, just building walls of sound, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's such sure a good is. feeling. It sure is. It really is. It, it's exactly what it is. It's meditative. Mm-hmm. And I should get back into it because I, I could use some meditation. Things have been intense lately. Uh, sorry to hear that. Hopefully it winds down. My year's been fucking intense as well, man. A lot of, a lot of fucked up shits went on this year, but hopefully, you know, starts to wind back out a little bit, you know, but. Why does it seem like that happens with more frequency as we age? I don't know, man. Cause like when we're younger, it feels like we're invincible and everything around us is invincible. But you know, as we get older, we find out shit is not invincible and we don't live forever. You know, do our, and maybe our responsibilities increase. Yeah, definitely. When we're that. Young, like what are we responsible for other than keeping our own selves alive? Mm hmm. And then as we age, I don't know about you, but I got kids, I'm married, and, you know, financial responsibilities. So everything seems to have more impact. Yeah, I'm married, but we have two cats, no kids, but still, you know, you can still feel that, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're married. That's a huge responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, when, when we're younger, man, it's just like, you know, I, 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 I miss those days sometimes, like the nostalgia gets to me. Like when um when I hit you up a couple weeks ago on Twitter, whenever that was, I was watching Freaky Links, man, like the old episodes, like, holy shit, you can every man. And like, it just took me back to being like, I think I was like 15 when that came out or 16. I'm just like, dude. <laughs> Where the hell did you find Freaky Links? It's, uh, it was on YouTube. Amazing. Yeah. God bless YouTube. On YouTube, man. And it because I like to do that. I like to take myself back to the nineties, early two thousands sometimes. So I just like dedicate a whole night of like movie watching, TV watching to whatever decade, nineties, early two thousands. And I don't know, it, it does something to you, you know. It does. Yeah, it does, man. I got uh there it's new, but 
it's the greatest representation that I know of of those time periods. Mine starts a little bit younger because, again, I got a few years on you. Mm-hmm. So mine goes back. The nostalgia goes back to the late 80s, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this movie and series collection called This Is England. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of that? I have not. I don't think so. It does sound kind of familiar, sort of, but I've never seen it. So It's a story that takes place in working class England in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a story about a young kid. He's like 10 years old. And he's just lost his father in the Falcon War. Mm-hmm. And so he's living alone with his mother. And he's angry and you know working class and he meets these uh, he meets these skinheads and the first skinheads he meets are the clash version of skinheads they're the pro-union labor non-racist like ska skinheads you know right Um, and when I was a kid that was big like the difference between you know, neo-Nazi skinheads and non-racist, non-racist skinheads. So right. he meets this group of non-racist skinheads and they take him in and they shave his head and they buy him Doc Martens. And they take him out to concerts. And then he meets the group of uh, the racist skins, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's the it, the movie is about the battle of these two groups fighting over this young kid. Like, which one is he going to give his loyalty to? Mm-hmm. Such a good movie. And then the director also produced th- two or three. It's either two or three seasons of a TV show. Where it picks up five years, ten years later. So he does 1986, 1990, and I want to say, I think there's three. There's another one that's 90, it's, I think there's three seasons. And it's all the same cast, and it just jumps to where they would be next. And follows the cultural environment, the music environment, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it's fucking hysterical. It's so good, so real. There's elements of it that are absolutely terrifying, also, because it doesn't flinch with things that it deals with, like uh, sexual assault, race beating, things like that. It does not flinch. Right. It's oh god, it's so good. Okay, I add that to my list of things I, I've never delve into so it sounds cool to me so. uh yeah you can then the the shows i found the show seasons on youtube also cool. um i think one season is up on amazon i know the movie's on amazon and then you can hunt down the seasons i think on youtube to watch those they're so good so good thank you for your, youtube <laughs> yeah i know that? seriously What's your favorite? What's your favorite all-time horror movie? Favorite all-time horror movie? 
Well, as of the past uh, few years now, I'm going to have to go with yeah. Mandy. Mandy. Mandy's pretty great. Yeah. Mandy's a lot of fun. Dude, yeah, it spoiled me, man. Like, I can't get that same feeling from any other film since Mandy. You know what I mean? That kind of hits me, like, everywhere like that. So, it's like, fuck. <laughs> kind of ruined me. I'm looking forward to his next The Vampire one that he's got. That's either just come out or it's about to come out whatever one that one's called um you're talking about nick cage yeah yeah um renfield renfield is that out yet it is it just came out is that it was already out on theaters and it just came to peacock uh i think oh, okay. this week so it's on peacock if you have that all right I, yeah i gotta see it um have you seen it yet i have i watched it um i liked it i didn't love it you know what i mean i think it didn't um, hit you like mandy Oh, hell no. No, no, no. Definitely not. Um, I just wished it had more like uh, Dracula time in this one. Being that, you gotcha. know, it doesn't, you know, I don't want to give anything else away, but it needs more Dracula time, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. And he's Dracula, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Nick Cage is Dracula right. in this. And his role is fucking cool, man. This is, I, we, I want more of him. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not really, yeah. You'll see when you watch it and stuff, man. You might get the same feeling. Like, that's what I was really disappointed about. Not a bad movie, but, you know, it's not going to make my top of the year list or anything like that. What's that one? I'm trying. Was it called Were Cop? Where it's like Henry Rollins is a werewolf and a cop? Or am I combining two different movies in my head? I think you're combining Wolf Cop with that other movie that Henry Rollins was in when he's like a a avenging demon or something. I can't remember the name right now, but it's really cool. I'm combining two different movies. I'm thinking of the Henry Rollins movie movie that i liked a lot I'm looking with werecop right werecop has got nothing to do with that does it no but well, that'd be an interesting <laughs> crossover <laughs> yeah the one that henry henry rollins was in was called he never died that's it yeah that was a good one that one i found was a lot of fun what's uh what's your all-time favorite horror movie you know, I would probably throw down on 28 Days Later. Oh, that's a good choice, man. That's one of my favorite zombie movies because it's so fucking different than any other zombie movie, you know? It's so real. Zombies are fast. The cinematography and the way they shot it is just brilliant. Killian Murphy is fucking amazing in it. That's one of them. And then another Danny Boyle that's definitely in the top 20 uh, is uh, uh, fuck what's the name of it it's with Ewan McGregor uh, about the roommates let me see if I can leave Skype and Google hold on I think I'll be alright I do that all the time Usually I'm always yeah, got my phone there. available. Yeah. Uh, Danny Boyle. Let's see movies. Shallow Grave. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's borderline not really a horror movie, but. It gets really tense. It's it's more of like a comedy thriller, you know. Mm-hmm. 
But top 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 horror twenty eight days later. Um, yeah. And then I really like the uh, I like thrillers that deal with human horror, like the the horror of humanity. Mm-hmm. Like uh, um, Marathon Man. It's um, a good one. Tense as fuck. We are the monster. You know, or like uh, Requiem for a Dream. Oh, man, that one's horrifying. I, I saw <laughs> I was on a date with this girl in high school and um, we ended up watching that movie with her mom. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, she ended up falling asleep. So I'm sitting there watching that movie with her mom. It was awkward <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that movie shook me. I think I've only seen it twice you know that's one of those films like um i'm trying to think of a film here that's really like kind of shocking like that um oh yeah it's uh gummo have you ever seen gummo yes yes of course yeah. yes that's yes. one of the ones like that like it's a kind of a one-shot deal for me great movie for what it is man but god yeah. damn it will ruin your fucking week <laughs> yeah who did that's not larry clark right no uh gummo was What's his name? I'm looking up right now. It was it was a uh, Harmony Corin. Harmony Corin. And he did like he did um he also did Kids, which is another fucking he crazy ass kids. movie. Got it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I always think Larry Clark did Kids, but he did Kids, right? Which yeah. is is getting finally uh, a release. Um on uh they're getting a digital release somebody picked it up and is doing like a 25 or 30 year anniversary release um that's cool my son wanted me to recommend like gritty 90s movies uh that i loved Mm -hmm. um so i threw him like you know, uh, my own private Idaho, River's Edge, which I think is actually 80s, um, uh, things in that vein. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I threw kids to him, and he had the hardest time being able to find a copy of it. Um, and we ended up tracking down a used uh, DVD on eBay. Yeah. So I ordered him the DVD and sent it to him. And you know, cool. he's twenty he's twenty-three and he watched that and he's like, Okay, this this is a great movie, but I understand why no one has released it in today's environment. Right. He's like, That is a fucked up movie, Dad. And that was <laughs> that, that was directed by Larry Clark, so you're right on that. It was written by Harmony Corin. Got it. Larry so Clark directed it. Yeah, both of them were on that one, so got it. But yeah, dude, that's a man. That's a rough movie, and a lot of those kids that were in that movie are just regular like kids. They weren't actors, you know what I mean? Like, and a lot yep. of them dudes, a lot of them died like shortly after and stuff. Like these yep. are real street kids, most of them. So, um, the music on that, the soundtrack, going back to music, that that folk implosion um, song, natural one. Oh, natural one. Yeah, I used to love that song back in yeah. the day, man. Yeah, that one brings back the memories. <laughs> yeah, there's happiness. That wasn't happiness. 
Happiness isn't Larry Clark. That's that's the other dude that did. Um, that was uh, uh, Todd Solden. Todd Salons. Yeah, Salon, Todd Salons. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's another one of those dudes from the late 80s, early 90s that just made fucked up movies. Totally, yeah. <laughs> and you don't see shit like that nowadays, like the grittiness of those 90s films, like the early 90s, even into like the late 90s. Like, uh, I don't know, that everything was so dark, man. Like, the dramas were dark, the thrillers were dark, the horror was like fucking weird, you know? Yep. It's starting to come back a little. Yeah, um, I, I, I can see that. If you watch the festival pieces, um, there's flavors of it that are coming back. The indies, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there are indies like the A24 indies that are the more polished. Uh, they hint at that darkness. Um, but there are... People are making those movies. They just don't get, I think, the wide support and the release behind them you know right i think uh as of right now i think uh terrifier 2 is kind of setting the standard for like the indie stuff coming out in like movie theaters and everything which i find pretty fucking cool because terrifier 2 is absolutely brutal you know terrifier 2 yeah have you seen any of the terrifier films no uh-uh. oh dude oh uh, yeah all right this be this be warren lever just get ready for a ton of fucking brutality and gore and everything like you know i mean like super gory shit it's really well done and stuff and there's two films right now terrifier and terrifier 2 and um one of them hit the movie theaters um over i think it was this year or last year anyways they made like uh like 10 20 million dollars in the theaters and this is a fucking true indie movie you know what i mean right like it's fucking opened up a path to a lot of like their indie directors and other indie horror movies are, you know, really get out there and throw your shit out there, you know? Gore porn. Uh, to a, to an extent, but there's actually a decent story on both of these. But there Good. is some uh, hardcore gore in there and stuff. But <laughs> there's a story in there, and, and the aesthetics of it's really cool, too. It has, like, that gritty fucking 80s look to it, almost like, uh, you know, like the old dark 80s films. It almost has, like, a maniac look to it as well. It's really, it looks like you shouldn't be watching this, man. It looks like you should be like X-rated or some shit, you know. <laughs> it made it to the fucking. It, it it was like it made it like a big screen TV too. Like there's all these like talk shows talking about Terrifier too. I'm like, this is fucking cool, dude. <laughs> and he did all that from like a Kickstarter. He started off on Kickstarter for the second film. I mean, they there's made their money back and forth. There is, there, yeah. There, the the studios and the execs they realize that. I mean, it's it's one of the key horror is one of the one of the key pillars of the entertainment industry. You know, it's it brings for them thinking purely on a business side. It brings the same revenue contribution that your sci fi action and comedy and i i would think that they're probably paying if not equal more 
more attention to horror these days. The studios. Mm-hmm. Studios don't make dramas anymore, really. They really don't, unless they're doing like a massive Christopher Nolan or a Spielberg production. Um, but even those can kind of fall into another category. Right. Um, but horror, like a, a, a quiet place, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I actually enjoyed. The first one I uh, did enjoy. Yeah. I thought the first one was pretty cool. Yeah. Did you see the second one? I did. Um, like I said, it wasn't as good as the first one, but it, was it enjoyable? Yeah, it was enjoyable to watch. Won't make any top lists or anything like that for myself, but still yeah, enjoyable. But it's you know? fun. It's yeah, fun. exactly. Yes, yeah, fun. Yeah. You know, and man, those fuckers made money. Oh, yeah. So the studios are starting to open up to those more. And they don't all have to star Kevin Bacon. <laughs> um, but like the Mandy's and the what was the one about the the AI, not Mandy, um, the doll. What's the doll? Oh, um, um it, was, it just came out too, and it was that that was actually pretty. It surprised me. I actually enjoyed Megan. that one. Megan, yeah, yeah, like that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I was going and yeah. like, man, I'm gonna fucking hate this or whatever, trying to copy me Chucky, too. but it was nothing like that. You know, it was its own no. thing, and I was like, that's cool. It made me laugh too. It it really made me laugh out loud a couple times, um, and it was pretty graphic. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Especially if that's like, if that's your uh, your gateway into horror. Say you're a little kid and that's one of your first films. Like, all right, that's yeah, uh, some brutal yeah. scenes in there for that. Yeah, yeah. So I think the industry is definitely embracing the horror genre more. It is the studio, American studio version of. It's not like they're doing I Saw the Devil. Have you ever seen that? Oh, dude, yeah, I love I Saw the Devil. Brutality. Definitely top five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Top that's so five. Good. For sure. Yeah. And when they try to. When they try to bring in. Like when they redid Old, Old Boy. I've never seen it. But I heard it does not succeed. It doesn't. It doesn't have an edge to it, man. And especially since you've seen there. I don't like how I do these with take these original films, these overseas films, and they Americanize it or whatever. And like, oh, let's make right. it all in English. I'm like, what's the fucking point of that? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. You're taken away from the original film. Right. Like what they did with uh, The Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one, actually, they did a good job. Right. It wasn't a horrible movie, but it like you can't compare it to the original ring. No. Korean horror is just it's just another beast altogether, man. Like uh I saw the devil. Um I believe is the interview or the audition, the audition. Yeah, the audition. That's another brutal one, man. That makes a lot of people's like top tens of all time. It's it's, it's rough. Yeah, yeah. And so good. There's and one out man. right now. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What do you got? I was saying there's a new Korean film out right now called Project Wolf Hunting. It's on a Screenbox. It's a new, another okay. uh, digital platform there. But dude, it is fucking brutal and goes in a crazy fucking direction you never seen. Like halfway, like 
first half of the movie is kind of like a crime thing going on. A lot of, you know, crime stuff, kind of thriller shit. Then it takes like this weird sci-fi horror turn in the middle. It's like, well, this is a totally different movie. And it's just so fucking good, man. Absolutely. Project brutal. Wolf Hunting. All right, Project Wolf Hunting. Yeah. It's got so much blood, dude. I think they used like a. Uh, like 50 or 60 gallons of blood for this. <laughs> it's insane how much blood is in this fucking movie. And it's not digital. I don't, I, I didn't see any digital blood really. Maybe a few shots here or there. It's all like fucking practical fucking blood, man. It is so gory, but it's so entertaining. All right. The wife and I will watch it. That one just came out, uh, came out 2022. And then uh Screenbox got it on there for like, for them to stream and everything, man. I'm like, it's one of my favorite films so far that I've seen this year. All of their, I mean, I'm sure they make shit that never comes our way, but the ones that grab a foothold in the West, even their big budget, you know, their version of the studio film, like Train to Busan, you know, Mm -hmm. they're just, they're really, really great filmmakers. I really enjoy their filmmaking. Uh, uh, it makes me want to learn some Korean and try to get in on one of them. Dude, that would be awesome, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> be cool. Don't they need a white boy? You know? Yeah, uh, get in on that, man. <laughs> you could be on the maybe <laughs> Train to Busan three or some shit because they did a sequel to Train to Busan, which was not very good, but no, but it right. was it was watchable. It's still watchable, you know? yes, yes, yeah. still enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, comparing yeah. it to the first film is like, that's hard to do. They should have done Plane to Busan, Boat oh, that, to Busan. Yeah. And a whole nother perspective, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, this is what happened yeah. in there. Yeah. 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 Kind of like, they could do that with snakes on a plane, you know? Oh, yeah. S- snakes on a train. <laughs> <laughs> snakes on a boat. <laughs> yeah. I think they've uh-huh. had one like that. They had a Chupacabra on a boat before. It was a sci-fi original movie. I think it was called Chupacabra. It was a Chupacabra on a fucking cruise ship, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, Cruzo Cabra. Yeah, pretty much, man. And I don't know if you remember some of the sci-fi original films back in the mid-2000s. Uh, their special effects are spotty at best. It was all, like, digital, you know? Yeah, yeah. The Sharknados. Oh, yeah. I just... I, I can't get into those, man. I, I know they're fun for some people, man. I'm just like, yeah, give me Jaws. That's my favorite shark movie is Jaws. Original Jaws is fucking awesome. So I was sitting, I had breakfast with a friend of mine, an actor, a friend of mine. He was telling me this horror story about a production he was working on. It was just awful. Everything was just, sounds like a nightmare. And then mm. a week into filming it, the DP pulls him aside and he's like, look, what if we just try to like lean into it and we make this sharknado, you know? <laughs> and my buddy said, I don't want to make sharknado. I'm trying to make jaws. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Funny you brought the comparison up again. Yeah. But Have some ever- people want to make sharknado because there's a market for it. Yeah, it sells. Fine. Yeah. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Just know that that's what you're making. <laughs> yeah, you're not making fucking Jaws, man. That's like uh, right. also the Meg. Have you ever seen the Meg? Yeah, that's the, uh, the fish or a dinosaur. It's like, it's a, like dinosaur. a dinosaur shark, the Megalodon or whatever it's called. Right. Like the unearthed one of those. Yeah. Like 
I just couldn't get into yeah. it, man. Like I wanted to. That's a great idea, fucking Megalodon, like being unearthed and shit. But uh, I don't know. Like in some scenes, it was like 400 feet long, and some other scenes it was like 100 feet long. Like everything was out. It was, it was all out of fucking whack. You know what I mean? It's kind of like watching the right. Godzilla film from like the 90s or whatever, where like Godzilla's small in this one, but he's giant in other fucking scene. You know? <laughs> They're doing another one too, aren't they? I just saw they a poster are. for it. Yeah. yeah, they're doing another Meg, and I think yeah. Jason Statham's in this one. I don't know if he was in the other one, too. can't remember. I think he may have been in another one. <laughs> I don't know. It was a forgettable film, though. So. There's a rumor that uh, one of the Cloverfield films is arriving soon. Okay. Uh, see, I'm kind of down with it. I thought the first Cloverfield was good, man. There's a lot of people yeah, that I hate on that one, but I liked it. What was the one with Goodman that was a part of the oh. series, too? Yeah, that was uh, one where he's got, like, uh, what's her name, trapped down in, like, little basement yeah. area and stuff. Yeah, yeah. in the bunker. Yeah. That was really good, man, especially that ending. Like, okay, he wasn't crazy after all, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's a rumor. I don't know if it's this summer or next or if they're making it now. Uh, I can't, and I can't even remember what the project was, but somebody said that's Cloverfield. Yeah, I've heard the same rumors going around that there's another one coming out, so that definitely makes yeah. sense. It's, it's about that time for another film to be coming out. Unless I'm so in a hole and it already has come out and everybody already knows. <laughs> yeah, no, that was last week. No, they did a third one, but um, it wasn't technically a Cloverfield film until like the very end when the film was done. It was like, all right, we're going to put this in the Cloverfield universe. Right. Yeah, I know it took place on like a spaceship or something, and that one wasn't very good. When did that come out? Uh, a few years ago now. Okay, so this is something different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is different. This is a newer, newer one. I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, otherworldly giant fucking, like, cosmic beast and all that shit. You know, that, like, the you know, the mist was when we fuck around with a different dimension and it comes into our dimension. All that kind of shit's kind of, you know, creepy to me. I'm trying to think of a film that fits that and and I'm getting stuck on uh, Interstellar, and there's no monster there. No, but a great film, though. <laughs> Good movie. Yeah. yeah. He gets stuck in between, like, dimensions. That's that's pretty fucking scary, too. You know, you're just trapped there forever, you know? And, uh, 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 oh, God, what's the name? The Jodie Foster. Um, um, Arrival? Was it Arrival? Yeah, Arrival. Yeah. yeah. I like that shit. It, it reminds me a lot of like some of the like with the mist and these other films we mentioned here, like uh, Cloverfield. All it reminds me of, like some uh, Lovecraft stuff, man, with those yes. giant, unexplainable fucking beasts, man. That's mm-hmm. that's the creepy shit to me. And they're fun to make too. That's what I like. You know, some people say a lot of people say that cinema is the highest art form. You know. Mm. And when I hear them say that, to me, I think of the collaborative effort that goes into a film. You have many different creative crafts that are all working together. So you have your photographer with your cinematography and your camera crews. Mm -hmm. You have your designing with the production design. You have your costumes and fashion with your wardrobe department 
uh, editing is a completely different craft that only exists in filmmaking. You got actors, musicians, and everybody's working together. Mm-hmm. So you have practically every t- form of art creating one product one piece you know right and and like what is art what's the purpose of art but to emotionally affect our audience like when you play when you go out and you play you want to you want to trigger an emotion for the people that are listening to your music you know Mm -hmm. you want to excite them and change their their physiological uh, status you want to increase their heart rate you like to get them sweating you know get them mad, right. get them angry get, you know get them ch- change them so with comedy i think comedy is a great art form because laughter is a huge like that's gr- you're greatly affecting your audience if you can get them to laugh yeah definitely yeah. you're moving their bodies you're changing their emotional state uh, drama, get them to cry. You know, you're actually triggering tears. Mm-hmm. But horror, like if you can scare your audience, you know, mm-hmm. like that is a massive effect that you're having on people through your art. And when you succeed, it's so rad. That kind of reminds me too, like, uh, your role in uh, Devil's Candy, I think that that movie there was like the best mix of fucking like metal and horror, you know, because you had that awesome soundtrack. I think uh, Sun was involved in that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah. love that fucking movie. Yeah, Sean, Sean Byrne, he's great. I hope he's working on another movie. The writer, director of that. He did. Um... Oh, God, mind fart again. Uh, the one that, about prom. Um, I'm looking at this again. Let's see, Sean Burn. Um. Oh, the loved ones. No, yes, that was the loved one. Yeah, he did the yes. loved ones. Yeah, that's a great movie too. Yeah. Um. He he always takes like seven years to make another movie, so he's due. You know, well, that's um, good though, man. If he's taking that long and coming up with these badass fucking films, it's worth it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's due to to have another one out. So any day now, we should get a new Sean Byrne movie. That'd be awesome, um, man. There's one project that. Uh, I managed to catch that I love. The script is fucking amazing. And we were going to start in a couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Another horror psychological thriller. But the, the strike has put a pause on things. Um, That's right. You had a writer's strike. Writers and we may strike too. Um, yeah. Uh, so the fear of the actors strike has shut it down for further notice. Um, So this business, as great and lovely 
and fulfilling as it is and how much I love it. it you got to get used to tightening your belt. You know? Right. My right. my belt has a lot of notches in it. I have worn this belt in times of feast and times of famine. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been doing this for how long now total? Have you been at 35, somewhere around there, 35 years, something wow. like that. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. But they still won't let me retire until I'm 65. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I will be able to retire when I, you know, get around that age, like the way shit goes. Hopefully I will be able to, but we'll see, I guess. <laughs> I yeah. They better set something up for us because we've been paying for it. Right. Yeah, I wish it was a younger age to retire. Like, let's say fifties, man, where you're like still super ready to go and stuff. You know, like I'm, I'm sure, like we'll probably both be good in our sixties. I mean, you know, I think we'll be fine. But you know, some people aren't in the greatest of shape and stuff, and they get that age, they can't really do too much. You know what I mean? Did you see what France did? Oh what? yeah, the protest. Yeah. Yeah. All he yeah. did was add two years to the retirement, and they're like, "We're not working." Yeah, we're done. We are going to shut the country down. We can take a lot. Man, we could get a lot done if we would all general strike together over set issues. <laughs> right. Well, hopefully Problem something is gets we'd, done. We'd all have to do it. Right. <laughs> you know. We How was the progress? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, we could all say we're not going to work tomorrow. And it would work, mm-hmm. but we'd all have to do it. <laughs> exactly. And you know, we never fucking agree on anything. Got people arguing exactly. about every fucking thing. Like, we can't just come together. If we all came together, you imagine the power we would have. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which like, is why they want to keep us separate. Exactly. Yeah. I've been I've been saying that for a long time, man. Like, yeah, we all, yeah, keep you separate, keep you dumb, you know. Yep. I want you to join up and be all powerful and stuff like that. No, we don't want that. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, this uh, writer strike and all um, hands out and everything. I got a lot of friends on strike right now. The writer strike and everything, like uh, Mick Garris and all of them, and you know, like everybody's, you know, trying to yeah like this. It uh, it with the film industry, it's a really it's a big industry, and most of most of the people that it employs are working class, middle mm-hmm. class, working class, laborers, and small business owners. And um, that's the vast majority of people that are hurt right now are middle class and small business owners. And there's a lot of them. Um, and it's been tough on them already because we were shut down for two years over the pandemic Mm -hmm. and we really only had one year of a return to normalcy or a new normalcy. So people were just starting to get their feet back on the ground and the strike happened three weeks ago or a month ago or whenever it was. But Mm -hmm. because of the fear of it, everything's been shut down since November. Wow. Um, 
There has been no new movies, no new TV shows. Uh, right now, I think there's six movies that are in production across the all of the United States. Wow. And, you know, we're talking a minimum of 100,000 people whose income is generated solely on the industry. Mm-hmm. So people are hurt. So I really hope it. I really hope they stop being so greedy and, and share a little bit of their obscene wealth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, man. Because that's rough stuff. And people say, it's "Oh, all well, my." Down. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You saw you had a better point. Well, no, I was after you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, oh, I was saying. Uh, yeah, most people that see this like, oh, my favorite TV show is not coming back, but they don't understand all the things that go in and that all the people that are affected that make this TV show. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot yes. behind the scenes. Yes, each each show uh, at a minimum employs, you know, 150 hourly wage workers, um, and then you have all of the small businesses that are independently contracted like catering companies or uh, as simple as the cleaning company for the wardrobe, Mm -hmm. Uh, the rental houses, you're renting your lights, you're renting your cameras, you're renting your trucks, you're renting your trailers. So all of those businesses who themselves employ dozens of people, all of them are shut down. And it all boils down to them refusing to share royalties. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's refusing to share royalties and refusing to say that they won't let AI create the next generation of movies and television. And that's insanity with the AI stuff, man. Like, AI is about to fucking you know, really go crazy. I mean, you look at, look at Terminator. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen in our lifetime, but it's probably going to happen sooner it's or later. Possible. Yeah. I mean, they, why not? <laughs> you know, they did. Uh, there was a, the aerospace conference. Uh, I have a link of it somewhere. My son sent it to me, but there was a big conference for the aerospace industry. <laughs> and one of the things at the conference was talking about, uh, AI generated weapon systems mm-hmm. and they were talking about this uh, uh, a system that they designed to a drone system to take out surface to air missiles so they programmed mm-hmm. and this is all in a simulation but this is what happened in the simulation mm-hmm. programmed the AI drone to take out surface to air missiles the actual fire the, the go or no-go, the final no or no-go no is to be given by the human operator. So they train the AI, find the surface-to-air missile, and then kill it when we say kill it. And they got points for each surface-to-air system that they destroyed. Mm-hmm. The AI system, the AI drone, drone realized... The only thing stopping it from killing the surface-to-air missile was the operator. So if they kill the operator, they'll get more points. 
<laughs> so they killed the operator. Mm. So they, they said, whoa, 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 hold on. If you kill the operator, you lose points. You can't kill the operator. You can only kill the, the surface-to-air missile when we say you can kill it. Mm-hmm. So they sent it back out, and the drone immediately went and killed the control tower because the message to not kill the surface-to-air missile was coming from the control tower. Mm. So it's not killing the operator. <laughs> right. It, it, yeah, it's killing the the fucking the communications between the operator yes. and that. So yeah. Yes. So that smart. we can't tell it to not kill. Yeah. Very smart. <laughs> Fuck. Yep. Total Skynet shit. Yeah. Total fucking Skynet. I mean, fucking uh, uh, life imitates art. You know what I mean? Like absolutely. Look all, the, look all the fucking look at Star Trek and all the stuff they had on Star Trek were like little your telecommunicator thingies or whatever. Now we have cell phones, basically the same fucking thing. I mean, the stuff Jules Verne came up with, we pretty much have all that now for the most part, you know, it's insane. And it's going to move so fast. Yeah. And it's already starting to like really pick up speed. Cause now there's AI art out there where you can just like throw these little prompts in like, uh, whatever you want to see. Oh, AI oh, yeah. makes it, you know, mid-journey. that's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah mid journey and all that yeah. stuff. I even been yeah. fucking around with that just for fun, but just seeing it's what fun. it can do, I'm like, wow, this is fun, but very scary because it's like it's taken away it's from other people's art. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. So where is it's it going? Baby, go? it's learning right yep. now. All those prompts we put in, it's fucking learning. That's right. We're just like, learning oh, faster fun. than us. Yeah, way faster. <laughs> The day of the Terminator could come, man. That that would be fucking wild. <laughs> Imagine. We might see it. We may live to see it. I think so. I think we're gonna see something when we get older. Like uh, not necessarily a Terminator, but we will see like fucking possibly like robotic soldiers and stuff at like a, a small, a lower level than what a Terminator was, but still something close, closely resembles you know something like that. I think we'll see it. Things are gonna change. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. It's like the, uh, I think it's a Beck song that says that things are going to change. I can feel it. I can't remember which song yep. that is. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, definitely, he's true on that, man. Yeah. So what? Um, well, I gotta run and I gotta run and meet up with my family. Um, we're gonna go. Uh, I leave town tomorrow. Um, back to Atlanta. So. We're going to go run around and destroy this city for a last day before I scoot. Oh, yeah, man. That'd be cool. I appreciate you taking this time to do the podcast with you, man. Of course. It was, awesome. it was really nice to meet you, man. Um, and I'll I send you some links to my band and stuff through like email or Twitter. So if you want to check that stuff out, too, you might like it. Perfect. Yeah. Send it. I get I get so much fucking junk mail. So but I am addicted to Twitter. So drop Twitter right now. Uh, yeah, drop it on that DM. Will do, dude. And um, yeah, I hope you have a fucking uh, great rest of your time with your family, man. And uh, we can talk again soon. Absolutely, man. Very nice to meet you. Right, nice to meet you, Ethan. You take care. All right, man. Play safe amongst the robots. Don't let them get you. <laughs> Will do. You, you as well. <laughs> All right, dude. All right. See you. Bye. Yeah.